When the pandemic started, there were a lot of bored kids at home. So what did a lot of bored parents do? They bought them Legos. In this episode of Tech Transformation, we're digging into how the Lego group kept its tech teams flexible and aligned during a period of massive disruption. We're also digging into the power of low code and what it means for the future. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News, where we explore the innovative tech strategies and trends in retail and consumer goods. I'm Lisa Johnson of CGT. In this episode, I'm talking with Bill Shub of the Lego Group and Gib Bassett of Alterex about keeping your tech teams flexible during times of disruption. Now, Bill's here to talk about how Lego has done just that, and Gib's going to share some insight on why this is so important for consumer goods companies and retailers right now. And for those who are watching the Tech Transformation videos, you can see I've decorated my bookshelves with some Lego creations. I am part of a very big Lego family. Uh, For those who are listening to the podcast, I encourage you to go to consumergoods.com or rasnews.com to get the full effect. But for now, Bill, welcome. Really excited to have you here. Uh, Get get us started. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and your role at the Lego Group. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lisa. And and thanks for the decorations. We, uh, We always love to see that. Um, yeah, so um, I've been with uh, Lego Systems for about 10 years now, almost almost exclusively in an analytical capacity in our supply chain operations uh, in the Americas. Uh, and, uh, and currently I'm the senior, senior manager on the supply chain operations, technology and analytics team in the Americas region. And, um, and, and our job is, um, you know, as it sounds, it's, uh, you know, it's an analytical uh, role, but, um, but, but not, not just focused on pure analytics. Our job is really to... Um, to create uh, automation, automated analytics, automated business processes. Um, you know, it, it, it yes, it, analytics is important, but our, our job is also to to ensure that uh, that we uh, we get efficiencies where we can, and you know, and remove uh, you know, kind of the mundane, time-consuming tasks that uh, that 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 everybody has on their plates. Sure, certainly. No, I have quite a few of those on mine. Uh, <laughs> Gib, welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I also want to know, Gib is a member of the CGT and RIS Executive Council, which is a forum of industry innovators who work together to drive uh, impact across the industry and provide perspective for the CGT and RIS team. So Gib, welcome, really excited to have you here. Thanks, Lisa, thanks for having us both, appreciate it. Um, so my name is Gib Bassett, I'm a Solutions Marketing Director with Alteryx. My uh, area of coverage is our um, applications of the Alteryx Analytics Cloud in Supply Chain. and. Um, I've seen and I've heard Bill talk about the application of Alteryx in his business in the supply chain, and uh, it's a very interesting story. And I thought uh, you know, people that would see this would greatly benefit from hearing more about his story, particularly as it relates to figuring out how to be productive and get stuff done quickly. You know, in light of you know other other priorities within an organization, particularly from a technology perspective. Sure, great. Well, I think this is also going to be incredibly valuable. So let's let's dig into it. So. Bill, we're going to talk about IT flexibility. Um, I think we need to talk about why this became so important to Lego. Um, you know, for Lego, what have the last couple of years really been like with people at home so much? Um, what's been the impact on your company and, and on your IT organization? Yeah, so um, maybe I'll start with kind of the overall picture of what happened when the pandemic struck. You know, a lot of parents got um, got stuck at home with their their kids, right? And they were trying to get their work done, and they had no childcare or limited childcare. And um, and so, you know, 
what as a parent do you do in that situation? Well, you know, no surprise, a lot of parents bought their kids Lego sets. And, um, and so demand just shot up, you know, uh, drastically and unexpectedly. And, um, you know, and it got to a point where it was outpacing our ability to, uh, to produce. It was, it was outpacing our capacity. And, and the de- demand also just really never settled back into its previous levels. Um, and so, you know, from a, from a supply perspective, from our, from our organization, um, just, just really stretched our ability to, to supply goods to our customers. We faced a lot of out-of-stock challenges, fill rate problems. And, um, you know, this laid bare a lot of the, the shortcomings that we had in the organization, um, you know, on top of, you know, which, which we already knew about. And on top of, you know, now having to learn a new way of working, working from home, working remotely, we weren't really, we weren't really good at that uh, when, when all this happened either. Um, so you know, between that, uh, you know, we had a lot of manual processes, uh, you know, which came with a lot of Excel work, and um, and we were, you know, our business was growing, and our our ways of working, you know, because of all the manual work, just uh, it wasn't scalable. You know, it's interesting that you say that things haven't gotten back to normal since then. You know, even though people are certainly out and about more, uh, but when you look back on the last, you know, the last two two and a half years. What are some of the most significant changes you can point to? Is it, you know, is it kind of hard to recognize the organization that you once were? I wouldn't say that it's hard to recognize what we once were, but I would say that, that the path that we're on now is is new and it's different. And 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 I think I, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, you know, we always knew that um, we, that our, our processes were too manual. Our systems weren't really supporting us the way that we wanted them to. And and we've tried to address those problems in the past. And um, and we never really found the the right the, the secret formula to you know to to solve those problems. And um, you know and and now I, I think we're I think we're getting there. Um, so and and you know and and Alteryx has I think is is playing a part, at least from a, from, you know, my side of things and supply chain. Um, I started working with Alteryx back in, in 2019, 2019. Um, I'd been tasked with just creating some, some, some reporting, basic reporting. Um, and our old way of doing reporting was try to cram as much information you could in Excel and hope it doesn't break. <laughs> and, um, right. And, and that's, you know, you, you can't it keep sounds, running your business yeah, that way. familiar. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, hear that all the time. Um, and so I landed on Alteryx and you know, I was one of the first users at the company to, uh, to adopt it. And within weeks, you know, maybe a month or two, we could really see just the, the potential, um, you know, of, of, of a, load co- a low code tool, to, um, you know, how it could, how it could benefit us. And, um, and so over the course of, you know, from 2019 through the pandemic, we started working with it more and more. We got more adoption, just again, still just within our supply chain ops America's team. Um, to the point where now we um, we've officially formed the um, the team that I'm on, technology uh, operations, technology and analytics. We we just formed in April, um, and and I said our our mandate is analytics and automation, and um, you know and that's that, that's that's new. And this low code tool is is really critical to to our ability to to execute on on that. Um, and it and it's it just it's led to a lot of it's led to a lot of these changes. Our our process of learning through working with Alteryx. Um, you know, in the past we had you know, very few dedicated analysts, and um, and the only tool they had was Excel. You know, if you were really good, you knew how to use Access, and that was like, <laughs> no. wow. Um, 
And, um, you know, and these analysts would report to functional leaders. So there wasn't a lot of coordination between what they were being asked to do it was whatever the leadership, you know, their particular leader needed. And, um, and now having this, this central team of, um, of supply chain analysts in, 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 you know, in our operations team. So you know, central, but also local because we are right, a regionally based team. Um, I think that's been really important. We've got, you know, we've got a, a team focused on supply chain operations problems, not just the functional problems of you know, the leaders. And, and we've got a better set of tools, you know, and it's not just Alteryx, but, but, um, but that really is kind of, I think, one of the, the core enablers of, of what we're doing. So kind of getting to the topic we talked about at the beginning, how are these changes, and it does sound like you're making some pretty significant changes, um, how are they helping your teams be more flexible? So um, th- this is, it, it comes down to our ability you know, to, to execute this low-code analytics, um, right? We, um, we don't have to wait for IT anymore. Um, they've, they've always been a bottleneck, you know, and it's, it's not their fault. Like there's so much that, that needs to change and, um, you just can't hire enough IT engineers to, to, to make those changes. Alteryx has enabled us to take on more of the development work that, um, that we need that, you know, that if, if we didn't have this, we'd just be sitting on, on some backlog for, you know, months, years, you know, potentially, um, you know, I, I, the way I think of it, um, I think many of your listeners have probably heard the term, uh, the phrase, uh, citizen data scientists. You know, we've become citizen data engineers, and um, and we for to do a lot of the things that we that we need that we want to do to improve our business. We don't. We no longer need the the, the coding skills, the engineering skills um, that that used to be required. That we used to have to go to IT for. Um, and, and to be clear, I'm not saying that we don't need data engineers, you know, or IT. We definitely need them, but the division of responsibilities between IT and the business is shifting for the better. Um, you know, in the past, if we if we needed a, a new tool or some, you know, something to be developed, we'd go to IT and we'd ask them to to develop pretty much the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We'd say, here's what we need now, you know, and we'd try to describe it as best we could, and they'd go off and try to figure out how to do that. And that was never a good way of doing things because they don't understand our business. Uh, we understand the business, and you know, and now. Contrast that to now, we can just go to IT and say, just get us the data, you know, give us access to the data, build some pipelines, and we can do the rest. We can model the data together ourselves since we understand it better. We know how to interpret it. And, um, and we understand what our end, end users need because we're a local team and, you know, and, and we, we work, we're right next to them all the time. I imagine the previous way of doing things bred a lot of frustration uh, Gabe, I, I want to bring you into this conversation. Um, you know, a lot of what Bill's saying, it, it sounds so easy, right? Um, so, you know, kind of wonder why aren't more companies doing this? Um, you know, why why isn't everyone doing this? So in your experience, you know, working with Lego, but also working, you know, you work with a, a number of consumer goods companies and retailers. Where do you see these companies struggling the most? Yeah, I mean, I think Bill um, Bill's example, I think, is one that other companies can uh, think about and look at and potentially model. It's it's very interesting because you know what, what Bill's example shows is the struggles that most organizations have day to day. And what the pandemic did is it really accelerated the necessity of the analytic workers that are embedded in the business to really be able to pivot and help the business, you know, um, on a on very short notice in ways that typical IT and uh, data management organizations simply can't support. And so it lays bare, like he said, this this um, this gap and low no code analytic tools like the Alteryx, you know, analytics cloud 
help fill this gap and help facilitate that collaboration that needs to happen between those analytic workers and the business and those in IT. And this also dovetails really nicely with the trend that was talked about in, you know, the Unite Analytics Conference a couple of weeks ago, that data science and advanced analytics functions are being built in consumer goods and retail organizations, and they're being, you know, uh, led by chief data and analytics officers. They really need to rationalize, you know, the work that they're trying to accomplish in things like machine learning with the analytics of the business, the operational day-to-day decisions that need to be, you know, done, you know, very quickly on short notice, and things like Alteryx help um, help fill that gap. So um, it really is about trying to negotiate and collaborate, and it comes down to uh, ultimately kind of like a human human-to-human kind of uh, issue, you know, that people need to talk to each other, they need to, like, uh, understand that division of labor, that it's not just my job or your job, that it's uh, analytics is a team sport, as a lot, a lot of people talk about. Yeah, analytics as a team sport was definitely a common theme throughout. Um, analytics Unite, as you mentioned, um, for anyone who's listening or watching, that was our event we just had uh, in June, I'm sorry, we're already in July. That, that was the event we just had in June in Chicago. Um, Gib was there, our, our whole team was there. It was really an exciting event. Um, Bill, so, you know, on the theme of collaboration and, and learnings, um, how are you using the learnings um, from this from this journey across the enterprise? You know, how are you using working this flex, building this flexibility, or, or the insights that you're gaining elsewhere within the company? Yeah. So, to be clear, and to maybe to piggyback onto what Gib was saying earlier, you know, I've I've painted a rosy picture, but the execution of this is not easy, and. You know, and we're we're not there yet. We're you know we've got a long way to go still. Um, but um, you know, and my leadership recognizes the value of what we're doing. But um, but it's it's an effort to sway the rest of the organization. Right, we're a big company. Um, the good news is that our IT organization, kind of on their own, recognized a lot of the problems that you know that we have within our within our IT organization infrastructure. And they're they're putting in some pretty significant investments to make changes, you know, in terms of you know, platforming and architecture, tools, and, and also just ways of working and how they're engaging with the business. Um, so you know, data access and foundations here have been poor for a long time. And, um, you know, and we, we, and as I mentioned earlier, we also just haven't had the tools that we need, you know, it's just been Excel. And, um, and they recognize this and they're working on solving this kind of problem. Um, and and what's what we're finding is that you know because all this because of all the work that we've been doing, um, we're really well positioned to to benefit from the changes that IT is working on immediately, um, and that's you know that's for a number of reasons because we've you know, we've already set up a bunch of our own infrastructure so we're ready to 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 ingest new data as soon as they provide it, and um, and one of the kind of the key kind of unexpected things that I that I've found as we've gone through this is that we really have learned how to speak IT's language in a way that we never could before. And that's been, as I said, unexpected, but really hugely beneficial. Um, if you go back to what I was saying earlier, you know, when we used to have to go to IT and ask them for, for something, you know, a new tool report would have to say, it, you know, it, 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 would, it would really, it wouldn't work out most of the, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of the time. And one of the reasons for this was that we didn't know how to talk to them. Um, you know, would say, hey, IT, we need, we need a new, I don't know, an order misreport or like a you know, tool to help us allocate product or whatever it was. And they'd say, okay, what do you need to do that? And we'd say, I don't know, <laughs> orders, supply plans, like master date. Like we, we, we couldn't answer the question or you know, not very well. It was always high level. It was vague. It was not necessarily well thought through in enough detail to be coherent. 
you know, and the poor data engineers, they, they didn't know how to interpret the data that they were, that we were asking them to get. And they, you know, so they didn't know how to model it together and um, they didn't know how to present it to us because they don't work in the business. And, you know, you can trust that to now, um, we can tell them exactly what tables we need, selection criteria, filter criteria, modeling steps that we'd like them to take and, you know, where we'd like them to hand it off to us. And um, it's just a very different conversation and it's much more productive. I love the idea of everyone um, speaking the same language. Gib, why is this alignment so important for consumer goods companies and retailers, especially today? Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the benefits of what, what people like Bill and other analytic workers in the business um, um, achieve using something like Alteryx is that it does give them time to start thinking about, you know, beyond supporting the business and operational decision making, just how can how can they think about applying more advanced analytic methods to the problems that um, that are impacting those areas of the business that they support. And this kind of goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, the desire to develop advanced analytics, machine learning at scale across a business as a muscle that really gets strong in, in these organizations. And it is about negotiating that uh, relationship between what a chief data or analytics officer ultimately wants to achieve. And then, you know, how do, how do you, how does, um, how does the people in the business who manage data support that vision? How do people that are embedded in the business, the analytic workers support that vision and really figuring out what is that portfolio of, use cases that the business can execute. And then um, ultimately, I think, trying to roll up all the value of all that investment so that um, the company can, you know, in their earnings reports, talk about, you know, the value of data-driven decision-making. You know, the most progressive, advanced companies tend to tend to, to do that occasionally. And so I think companies like Lego and others, you know, in the retail and consumer goods industries you know, are trying to, you know, get to that point. Uh, Bill, you mentioned you're still on this journey, of course, um, but what's next for Lego? So um, you already talked about a little bit what you know what our IT organization is working on, and I can't I can't talk to specifics. I'm not close enough to that, but you know they are they're on the way toward you know providing us better data access, um, better tools. Uh, they're reorienting themselves just from a, from an organizational perspective, more toward the business uh, to be more supportive. Um, you know, and so but from from our side of things, supply chain ops. Um, you know, we've we've got this new team that we've just set up, and um, and you know, even though we're new, um, we already see just a ton of opportunity, um, especially in the area of automating manual work. Um, you know, I mentioned this earlier. We we do so much manual work, and and you know, and that that was just you know, laid this just made so plainly obvious, uh, be, you know, because of the pandemic, and um, and so this is really going to be one of the things that we really focus on. There's just a ton of low hanging fruit here. And um, and to be clear, it's not about reducing headcount. Um, our leadership has been crystal clear about that. Um, it's about removing time-consuming, mundane tasks that computers could do to free up our people to do the work that that they can do to really add value to the company. Yeah, and we, we hear that as a common refrain across many companies. Um, being able to have this technology and this knowledge is freeing up um the, the workers to do higher value work, right? Not to do less work, but really to allocate their time and, and the resources towards uh, driving higher value. Um, so, okay, so I, I want to, we're going to wrap things up soon, but I want to ask you, Bill, if, if hindsight is twenty twenty, what can you offer, what advice can you offer to companies that are looking to maximize their data literacy and break down silos? We know that's certainly common challenges right now. Yeah, so... Um you know, I, I said this before. I'll, I'll say it again. You know, Alteryx was really kind of the, the gateway for us. It, you know, and it can, it can probably be any low-code tool. We, you know, land, we landed on Alteryx, and I, I love, you know, I do love working with Alteryx. Um, but this really kind of 
open things up. It really democratizes this kind of work, right? It makes it much more accessible to a broader audience. And um, it really, so it's really just enabling us to do, to have more people do more, right? And, um, and you know, the, the expectation is it's, it's going to create a virtuous, a virtuous cycle. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's one is, you know, make sure you've got good tools. If you're, if you're just in Excel, like, you know, even if it's working for you now, you can't grow your business that way. Uh, it's it's just not scalable. And and I've poo-pooed Excel. It, it's a great tool, right? It, it definitely has a place. We need it. I use it all the time. But but it can't be the only arrow in your quiver. Um, you know, so so the tools are important, but the tools are not particularly useful if you don't have good access to data. Um, you know, and and so that's another thing that has been really important that we've been working with IT on. Um, and I know governance is important, but um, you really need to make this access as broad as possible without putting your data at risk. Um, you know that that's that's been a a, a big challenge for us too, uh, working you know kind of wrestling with IT to get the data that we need to do our jobs. Um, so you need that data, and then right, and that helps that allows you to build up a solid data foundation that you can then work off of. Um, you know, and then um, you know from an organizational uh, standpoint, I said you know this this team I'm on is is very new, but I'm really optimistic about the way that we've set uh, set ourselves up. You know, I think having local dedicated analytics teams. Who have the capability of communicating with IT, but also understanding the business really well, I think is, um, you know, like like I said, it's new. We haven't proved it out, you know, here, but um, but I'm really optimistic about it. Um, and then I you know, I didn't get to talk about this. Gib mentioned it a little bit. And I want to I want to echo it. Um, you know, I I think focusing on automation and not getting distracted by the the shiny objects of you know, machine learning, AI, advanced analytics, all that. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there's just a ton of value to be had from from uh, not necessarily finding smarter analytics, but just doing what you're doing faster, right? Just automate what can be automated, even if you're not making it more intelligent. Um, there's you know, there's there's so much to be gained just just in doing that, and it's easier to do. Well, certainly a lot of great advice. Thanks for for uh, ending us up with that. Gib, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I just, I just would conclude by just saying that, you know, in supply chain or really any business function, there are um, a lot of daily decisions, you know, there's a, a strategic decisions. And most organizations, I think if they looked at some of those, they would say that, you know, they're not optimal, that they're constrained and they're gated from being as good as they could be because they don't reflect all the right insights or signals or data that would best inform that um, and or, you know, even being uh, the application of, of advanced analytics like, you know, predictions to that data to become more predictive instead of just looking at, you know, historically what, what occurred in that particular uh, area. And, you know, analytics is a process, right? It's a, it's, 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 it starts with data and it ends with actions and there's a whole bunch of steps in between. And, you know, Alteryx is really trying to, you know, basically take that gap and, and collapse it and then enable people that have the best domain expertise to be as productive as possible without having to be coders, without having to do things in suboptimal environments like Excel and orchestrate this stuff in their business in line with their transformation goals. And so this is kind of our, you know, our strategy. And so it does, it does, you know, it spans data access all the way through developing those advanced analytics by giving, you know, domain experts as well as just the, the regular business user, the right uh, tools to, to do these sorts of things. So that's what I would just leave people with and that's kind of the way that you know we often talk about whether it's lego or other customers they they look to identify use cases that could benefit from this because again i think there are decisions that if they looked at them closely they'd say we could do this better but we don't because we simply feel like you know this is the best we can do and really it's about really removing that through automation and then freeing up um, the time to um to basically make those decisions faster and better 
Bill, so we, we are almost out of time, but while I have you here, obviously I come from a big Lego family. I was wondering if you could just share maybe one fun fact or something that we might not know about Lego. Yeah, um, yeah the one that I I always like to share, um, and I don't tend to have a lot of these off the top of my head, but, um, but we are the largest tire manufacturer in the world. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it toy tires, obviously. I don't think this is, I think this is in terms of, you know, numbers, not volume, but, um, but we, we make more tires than anybody else. That's, that is pretty incredible. Something I definitely did not know that I've stepped on many of them. Um, so I, I, I believe <laughs> it doesn't it. hurt to step on the tires. <laughs> Give Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Tech Transformation and share this insight and, and this background story. I really appreciate having you on. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill, as well, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. This has been very fun. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit RISnews.com and consumergoods.com to sign up for our newsletter.